You're listening to Public Domain Players. The Journal of Jonathan Harker, the 4th of October. I never thought to write in this journal again, but the events of the past week have left me starved for someone to confide in. I feel lost in a sea of unending sorrow. To suffer myself at the hands of the Count was terror enough, but now meaner. The horrid mark seared on her forehead now serves as a constant reminder of our mission. We must find and destroy the Count, now more than ever. This evening we convened once more in Dr. Seward's study. Gentlemen, let us review. We know from Jonathan's journal and the cargo records of the Demeter that Count Dracula travelled from Transylvania with fifty boxes of earth. The night we searched Carfax, however, only twenty-nine of the original fifty remained. I made inquiries through my firm. From there we learned that the Count had purchased a home in Newtown, where we found six boxes. Another six we found in a house in Bermondsey. And eight were sent to an address in Piccadilly. Thanks to us, all of them are now sterilized with the host, so Dracula can't seek refuge there. Yes, but that only accounts for forty-nine of the original fifty. There is one box remaining. Where is the Count hiding it? I believe I may be able to tell you. Mina, what are you doing out of bed? I've grown tired of sitting about helplessly when I can still be useful. Professor, I have an idea I'd like to try. Will you help me? Of course. Sit down. Please. We must act quickly. The sun is nearly set and it is only now I feel I may be able to speak freely with you. What is it you wish me to do? When the Count attacked me, he said that he could summon me to him whenever he wished. That he could bid me to do his will across land and sea. This mental connection, what if it works both ways? I'm not sure I understand. You've mentioned before that you are familiar with the art of hypnotism. I would like you now to try and hypnotize me. If this works, I may be able to access the mind of the Count and read his thoughts. But of course. Quickly, Jack, my bag. Wait. Before we begin, you must promise not to tell me anything that I have said in my trance. The Count may just as easily be able to read my thoughts as I his. I promise. Now, Madame Mina, concentrate on the piece of glass in my hand and listen to the sound of my voice. I shall begin to count down from five... As I do so, you shall experience a great feeling of relaxation fall over you. Five, four, three, two, one. There are you now. 
I do not know. It is all so strange. What do you see? I, I can, can see nothing. See nothing. It, it is, is all, all dark. What do you hear? The, the lapping of water. water. It, it is gurgling by and little waves leap. I can, I can hear, hear them, them on the outside. outside. Are you on the ship? Oh, oh yes. yes. What else can you hear? The sound, the sound of, of men speaking, speaking words I do not know. The rattle, the rattle of chains. And the sound of wind billowing in the sails. What are you doing now? I am still. Oh, so still. It is like death. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Mina! What's happened? Did it work? Madame Mina, God bless your brilliance. There is still hope. Gentlemen, quickly, the Count means flight. What we have just heard indicates he is fleeing to his homeland of Transylvania. If he's travelling by boat, then he will most likely be heading for the port in Varna. That will take him a week at least. We can get there by train in half that time. Then it is settled. Come, gentlemen. We must make preparations. Madam Mina, I don't Professor, think it... please. Let us not dodge the subject any longer. As we speak, there is a poison in my blood that will kill me unless we prevail. If I come, you may hypnotise me every day when I feel the Count's control is at its weakest. This way you can directly track his movements and save yourself precious time that I do not have. Of course, Madame Mina, you are, as always, most wise. There is one more thing. There is a chance that before we have reached the Count, I will have already transformed into one of his creatures. If a time should come when you are convinced that I am so changed that it is better that I die than live, you must promise me that you will drive a stake through my heart and give me rest. It's a terrifying prospect, but I promise you, if that time should come, I will not hesitate to do as you've asked. Thank you, Mr. Morris. Madam Mina, you have my word as well. And I. And I! Jonathan. Must I? You too, my love. You are nearest and dearest in all the world to me. However, you must not let your love for me blind you to your purpose. Please, you must promise me this. It breaks my heart. But you have my word. Thank you, dear friends. Now come. We must make preparations to catch the first train tomorrow morning. Next morning, we rose before dawn. We made our way to the station and caught the first train to Galatz. From there, we will then travel on to Varna. Every day, Mina is put into her trance, and every day, the story says the same. Nothing but darkness and the sounds of waves. However, this morning, as the sun began to rise, there was a change in her report. What do you see? All is dark. I hear the water still, but it is swirling now. There's a creaking of wood on wood, 
and the sound of cattle grazing far off. There's another sound, a queer one, like, like... Madame Mina, Madame Mina. What's happened? Has something gone wrong? No, Madame Mina. Do not worry yourself. Gentlemen, may I have a word with you all outside of the compartment? What does that mean? Dracula is on to us. He must have discovered our plans to intercept him at the port, and has now willed the elements to push the ship forward. Then all hope is lost! Not yet. That swirling water Madame Mina spoke of, the vampire cannot cross running water. He must be taking a route that runs along the river Danube. It's not much, but that means he must take necessary detours that shall bide us some time. All right. What's the plan? Once at Varna, we must rent some horses. You four gentlemen shall follow after the Count along the river's edge. As for myself and Madame Mina, we shall cut across the river and ride towards the castle. But, Professor... There we shall lay in wait, in case you are unable to overtake the Count before he reaches us. But there surely must be another way. It would be too dangerous for Madame Mina to go with you. Not only is her condition growing worse, we cannot risk the Count using her to discover our plan. I know you want to be with her, Jonathan, but you must stay with the others and stop the Count before he can reach the castle. But- I promise I will protect Madame Mina with my life. I'm afraid, Jonathan, it seems the only way. Come, dear Jonathan, be brave. We shall meet again soon. The next day or so of our journey is blurred to me. I now slept heavily during the day, a deep, dreamless sleep that felt more and more like death. In addition to the horse, the professor rented a cart so I could sleep without needing to stop. It was in the back of this cart that I awoke one evening, and in the rays of the setting sun, I saw the outline of the great castle where all of our troubles began. That night, the Professor and I made camp in a patch of the forest just outside the castle grounds. The horses are fed. Ah, that smells lovely, Madame Mina. It's nothing much. Just some meat and potatoes I was able to purchase before we left Varna. Here, it should be ready now. Thank you. Have you prepared nothing for yourself? No, I'm not hungry. I see. Fear not. It shall be over soon. I'm not afraid. That's honestly the strangest part about it all. I thought I should be so afraid of the end. Instead, I feel... ready. For your courage, Madame Mina. Let us hope that your nerve stays as strong when the call to action comes. <laughs> Madame Mina, where are you going? <laughs> Madame Mina, come back to the fire. They're coming. They're coming. Who? Can't you hear them? No, I will not lose you. Not yet. What are you doing? Creating a circle around us with pieces of the host. There. Now they cannot harm you. Harm me. There's none safer in all the world from them than I. 
Sister. Sister! Come, sister. Come to us. Join us. Stay back, demons. This place is now holy ground. You fool. Give Give her her to to us. us. Dare you keep her from us? As long as there is strength left in my body, I shall protect her from you. Be gone, in the name of our Lord. Come to us, sister. Leave this fool. Come away from him who would do you harm. Madam Mina, Madam Mina, do not go. Ah! I cannot. I cannot. Stay away from her. Back. Back, I say. The professor and I sat there, huddled together in the protection of the circle. Hour after hour passed. Until at last, they vanished in the rays of the coming dawn. At last, we are free of them. Are you all right, Madam Mina? Yes, I'm all right. Forgive me. I am very tired all of a sudden. Of course. Lie down, then. Cover yourself with my coat. Thank you. Professor, where are you going? Do not worry. I will not be gone long. Get some rest. You will need all your strength when the time comes. The professor began walking away as I fell once more into a deep sleep. However, rather than the cold, death-like sleep that I had now grown accustomed to, I experienced the most vivid of dreams. I was in a dark room, one that looked almost forgotten to the world when two great doors opened and flooded the room in an almost blinding light. In the doorway, I could just make out the dark figure of a man, carrying in his hands a stake and hammer. At last, Salaire, where evil rests. You three shall never terrorize another living soul. He marched over to one of the three great stone coffins and forced back the lid. May God have mercy on you. He struck the stake with all his might, and all at once a searing pain raced through my heart. I tried to call out, but I could not speak. He then opened the lid to the second coffin, and even greater pain took hold of me and sent me falling to my knees. When I looked up, he was now standing over the final coffin, his hammer raised high in the air. It took all of my strength to cry out. Stop! (laughs) (laughs) Madam Mina, Madam Mina, wake up. Professor, how long have you been there? I have only just returned. You are having a nightmare. Are you all right? Yes, yes. I I shall be fine in a moment or so. Lie still, please. I shall make a new fire and prepare some tea to soothe your nerves. Thank you, Professor. Professor, I didn't hurt you just now, did I? Of course not. What would make you imagine that? Your face and shirt. They're covered with spots of blood. Ah, yes. So they are. What were you doing while I was asleep? It is nothing worthy of discussion. You mustn't worry about it. 
Come, sit with me by the fire and get warm. He did not need to tell me where he had gone, nor what he did. I knew now that what I had experienced was indeed no dream. I sat with a melancholy feeling stirring inside of me. A part of me was glad to know that those women were destroyed. Yet another part felt such pity, to feel such pain. What difference was there, I wondered, between them and Lucy? Or worse, between them and I? What was that? He's coming. I can feel him. Quickly, we must meet him. We quickly grabbed what weapons we could and sprinted up the hill to the castle entrance. Further off, we could see a cart making a fast approach towards us. It was being driven by, what I imagined to be, a member of the Scanny, who so loyally served the Count. On their cart we could see the last box of Earth. They are racing against the setting sun. Hiyah! Behind the Scanny, I could see Jonathan, Quincy, Jack and Arthur following in close pursuit. Stop, you! Quincy's been wounded. But not in vain. See, the cart is veering off. He must have given the Shigani a fatal blow. We must go to them. Madam Mina, come back. Jonathan! Mina, darling. Are you all right? I'm fine. But Quincy's badly wounded. Quincy! <sighs> Please, don't worry about me. I've suffered worse. We will tend to him later. Quickly, the sun is almost set. Tools. Here. Quickly, open the box. But we were too late. As the lid of the box was pried away, the last rays of sun disappeared. And from the earth rose the figure of Count Dracula. <laughs> so, you've come to pay me a visit. Oh, John. Foolish as you may be, I must applaud your determination. Stand down, Count. We have you outnumbered. You think you three puny men stand a chance at defeating me? I, who have lived countless centuries, you are a mere inconvenience at best. Call us what you will, Dracula, but none of us shall rest until we see to your destruction. As charming as your threats are, my friend. I believe it is time we put an end to this once and for all. Jonathan! To think I warned you so often about the dangers of your carelessness. Now, friend Harker, you shall fully understand the consequences for those too foolish to pit themselves against me. Now, please, please. Stop! Leave them, Count. They are not worth the effort. At last. Look, friend Jonathan. Look and see your darling Mina turn to me. Come to me, Mina. Come to me, my bride. Mina, no! There's no use protesting, fool! She will only listen to me. How may I serve you, my lord? Here, my pet. I shall let you have this puny man. Drink deep of him. Feel his strength flow through your veins. <sighs> Mina, please. There's no use begging, friend Jonathan. This ends here. 
You are right, Count. It does end here. Ah! It was over. All that remained where the Count was stood was a pile of dust and the wooden stake I had concealed beneath my coat. Mina! Mina! Oh, Jonathan! Madam Mina, once again, you are the bravest of us all. Quincy, where is Quincy? Over here. Oh, God, he's lost a lot of blood. <clears throat> Come on, old boy. We're not losing you. Not here. Leave me be, Art. It's too late. I'm afraid this is the end of me. Oh, Quincy. Don't fret over me, miss. I'm only too happy to have not died in vain. See? The mark on your forehead. It's gone. For that, I die. I die a happy... There, there, Mina. There, there. What's that? The children of the night. God, there must be hundreds of them. Do you think we're in any danger? No, they are not hunting. They are singing. Listen. They are singing for their fallen master. Oh, what beautiful music they make. It's over. At last, it's all over. It is now seven years since we all went into the flames, and the happiness of some of us since then is, we think, well worth the pain we endured. Since that time, Arthur and Jack are each happily married. As for Jonathan and Madame Mina, two years to the day we went to battle at Castle Dracula, they welcomed their first child. A young boy, who they named Quincy, in memory of our fallen comrade. And with that, we may at last bring our chronicle to an end. We hope.
Hello everybody, James Whitebert here. I am the creator and executive producer of Public Domain Players. Thank you very much for listening to this, the final episode of Dracula. You can find Public Domain Players on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter we are at Public Players, and on Instagram we are at Public Domain Players. Be sure to share your reactions of the show there using the hashtag PDPDracula. That lets us see whatever you might be saying about the show, lets us share it around, and makes it a lot more interactive and a lot more fun. If you'd like, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash publicdomainplayers. There you get all kinds of fun things like early access to episodes, script downloads, early announcements of future projects, cast announcements, all kinds of fun things like that. It starts at just a dollar a month, and we would really appreciate it if you could do that. We do also ask that you please leave a good review wherever you may be listening to the show, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything. Leaving five stars, and if you can, a comment goes a really long way in helping other people find the show, too. This episode was written by William Muir and directed by myself, James Wipert. The cast for the episode appeared in the following order. John Martin as Jonathan Harker. Robert Fleet as Von Helsing, Larry Oblander, as Arthur Holmwood, Chris Dunlap, as Quincy Morris, Andrew Biss, as Jack Seward, Anna May, as Mina Harker, Stuart Parks, as Count Dracula, Kira McFarland, as the first bride, Eirun Eliasdottir, as the second bride, Morgan Moffat, as the third bride. You can find social media links and websites for many of the actors in the episode description. The Dracula artwork, as well as the Public Domain Player's logo, was created by Bad Otter Design. You can find them on Instagram at bad.otter, and you should go to them for any and all graphic design needs you might have. Thank you very much to everybody for listening to Dracula. It has been a fantastic journey from episode 1 all the way to here in the finale. All of us who have put our hard work into this are truly grateful and appreciative, and all we ask is that you share it around a little bit and let people know that you enjoyed it because they might as well. Stay tuned to our social media pages that I mentioned before for announcements about upcoming projects. We will be back before you know it. But in the meantime, go listen to some of the other public domain players' works, such as Treasure Island or my personal favorite from the Halloween series we had done, The Pale Man. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcasts. Again, thank you very much for listening. Just taking the time out of your day to put this on and listen to the work that we've done, it, it truly means so much, and we can never thank you enough. So thank you, thank you very much, and we'll see you next time.